Always thought-provoking and informative. Forget the spin and media bias from the left and right. We know you are sick and tired of being told what to think, how to act, and what you can and can't do. Direct from the Ustream It Broadcast Network, it's time for another edition of the last Christian newscast and radio show with your hosts, J.D. Williams and T.L. Farley. Real news and biblical common sense analysis starts in three, two, one. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the last Christian newscast and radio show. We certainly appreciate you joining us. My name is J.D. Williams here in East Texas, joined by my co-host, my brother in Christ there in Dallas, Texas, Mr. T.L. Terry Farley. And Terry, before we even get going, I'm going to let people know that this is going to be a, a show that is truly a newscast. We are going to have a lot of news. A lot of things are going on. Yes, we are nearing a breaking point with prophecy. You guys need to hang on with us. Now, I'm going to start off with sort of a comic uh, news item, and then we're going to get serious, and then we're going to get more serious, and then we're even going to get more serious than that. And we're also going to bring in Ezekiel chapter 38, the Gog and Magog War, which I personally now, Terry, believe is going to happen uh, rather quickly. I'm not calling a shot. I'm not saying it's going to happen mm-hmm. today, but we are mm-hmm. approaching it very quickly. That's the reason I got the warning signs up. I got my U.S. Press Association uh, logo up. Anybody that wants to see this thing, uh, you may want to go to www.lastchristian.net and pick up on that. But anyway, I had to put in this comedy uh, news first, Terry, because it's for you. I, I know that, that you're I'm a listening. very, I, I know you're a very rich man, and so you you need to hear this. <laughs> A California startup announced its prototype flying car has been cleared for takeoff by the Federal Aviation Administration. Aleph Aeronautics said its Modela is the first flying vehicle that can drive on public roads and park like an average car to receive clearance for flight by the FAA. The FAA confirmed the vehicle was given a special airworthiness certificate for purposes including research, development, and exhibition. The agency said the vehicle is not the first of its kind to be issued such a certificate, but Aleph said the Model A is distinguished by being the only VTOL vehicle takeoff and landing aircraft to be able to drive and park like a normal car. The company is accepting pre-orders for the Model A, which it expects to officially hit the market in 2025 with a price tag of about $300,000. The Model A has not yet been certified for public road travel by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Christopher DeMello reporting. Uh, Terry, get your order in early. They're taking those pre-orders. It's only 300 k and I know you know you have no problem with that, right? Yeah, actually, Aleph means it's the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and uh, I'm not going to tell you how I know that, and I'm not going to tell you if I've already put my order in, uh, and I'm not going to tell you if I'm getting a special deal, and now you all know why I keep looking out the window. Thank you very much, Joel. Uh, not a problem, dear. Okay, now, as I said, we're going to get into some serious stuff here, and we're going to start uh, in our White House. So let's take a listen uh, to this one real quick. Lab testing for the substance found at the White House on Sunday has come back positive for cocaine, a spokesman for the Secret Service stated. The substance was found near where guests are asked to leave their cell phones before proceeding into the West Wing. Those tours typically only occur on weekends. Officials have said they are working to determine who brought cocaine into the building. Davis Richards reporting. I could, I got a really good guess. Because there, there happens to be a crack addict that's related to the president of the United States. Okay, I'm not going to name him no. specifically because I think probably YouTube and Facebook and a few others have a fit over it. But somebody has hap- just happens to be related to uh, the president. You know, he's also, by the way, he, he receives money from China, even though he has no experience in what they're paying him for and he's been he's been pictured uh many times with a with a crack pipe and all that kind of stuff so you know the the white house has a lot of cameras all over it i've taken tours of the white house and the area where they're talking about is near the west wing that's where the president of the united states stays Okay, and uh, so, you know, they've got all this stuff on video. I don't know where they are, and neither does President Trump. Uh, He says, does anybody really believe that the cocaine found in the West Wing of the White House, very close to the Oval Office, is for the use of anyone other than Hunter and Joe Biden? 
Now, he said, but watch. The fake news media will soon start saying that the amount found was very small, and it wasn't really cocaine, but rather common ground-up aspirin. The, sur- the story will vanish. Now, the former president uh, then set his sights on the special counsel Jack Smith, whose office recently indicted him on charges relating to his handling of classified documents. Trump asked if Smith had been seen in the vicinity of the drugs, uh, claiming that he, he looks like a crack addict to me. The, the former president uh, <laughs> uh, previously lashed out at Smith, calling him a, a sick puppet for the Attorney General uh, G- General Merrick Garland and President Biden, saying that Smith should be defunded and put to rest. Where are the White House security tapes, like the ones I openly and happily gave to to derange Jack Smith, which will quickly show where the cocaine in the White House came from? They already know the answer, but probably don't like it. That all according to the former president of the United States, Mr. Donald J. Trump. And Mr. Trump, in this particular case, I agree with you 100%. Terry, have any uh, comment on that? Yeah, no arguments here. Um, You know, uh, Gee whiz, what Hunter can't do, he can't do anything right. I mean, what's wrong with this guy? Well, I don't know if it's it's inherited stupidity, uh, if it's learned behavior, (laughs) or if it's the fact that he's just too high to realize that he keeps making mistakes. It's got to be one of the three. Okay, let's let's move on. Uh, we're we're going to talk about a little bit about censorship now because, you know, again, those White House tapes, they're available. They could be shown today. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the holdup is, mm-hmm. but they're everywhere, all over the White House, and, and they, they do know exactly mm-hmm. where this stuff came from. Anyway, this is about censorship. Yeah. Take a listen to this one. A judge prohibited several federal agencies and officials of the Biden administration from working with social media companies about protected speech, a decision called a blow to censorship censorship by one of the Republican officials whose lawsuit prompted the ruling. U.S. District Judge Terry Dowdy of Louisiana granted the injunction in response to a 2022 lawsuit brought by attorneys general in Louisiana and Missouri. Their lawsuit alleged that the federal government overstepped in its efforts to convince social media companies to address postings that could result in vaccine hesitancy during the COVID-19 pandemic or affect elections. Haley White reporting. Or affect elections three words about something that we know that the social media was doing and that is taking down anything that was opposed to oh biden's the guy you know and anything that uh is not mainstream media uh approved uh even our show has been hit on occasion uh by uh, social media uh saying oh you know it doesn't meet our community standards because you're telling people the truth and we can't allow that you know we're we're fake news 100% and we got to back them up otherwise they'll pull our funding or maybe they'll take us to court or something <laughs> yeah. like that so you know we got to we've got to go along with what they say even if we know it's fake just like Hunter Biden's uh, uh problems okay with his laptop mm-hmm. that was all fake until it turned out to be true Okay. Now I don't know where vaccines are going. Okay, I don't know. You know, maybe they'll figure out what vaccines work and what don't. I know none have been tested, but anyway. Uh, so um, the the thing is, is that censorship is running wild. And here's another one, Terry. We're, we're going to just keep moving on. By the way, I should say all that is in my opinion as a citizen mm-hmm. of the United States of America, protected under the First Amendment of the Constitution. Okay, I am protected. My freedom of speech is on this. That, so mm-hmm. that's my opinion. If you don't like my opinion, express yours. That's fine. You know, you can come on and express an opinion, and we'll even debate it. But the thing is, is that when I say something, I'm pretty sure it's right. Okay, so anyway, here we go mm-hmm. with, uh, th- this is uh, Zuckerberg, You know, the idiot that runs Facebook? Okay, listen to to this one. Meta has launched a new app called Threads. It's available in more than 100 countries and is linked to users' Instagram accounts. The app, which the company says is for sharing text updates and joining public conversations, is seen as a direct competitor to Twitter. Iris Spitzer reports. Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg announced that the much-anticipated Threads app was now live via an Instagram post. Threads users can post up to 500 characters, and the app has other features similar to Twitter. Zuckerberg says that keeping the platform friendly will be the key to its success. The Facebook founder has sparred with Twitter owner Elon Musk on social media lately, and this latest move brings the two into even more direct competition. 
Iris Spitzer, San Francisco. And this is a competition he's going to lose, by the way. Twitter is the most um, most used of all social media, you know, and Meta is losing millions of dollars. Everything that they touch so far has gone right down the <laughs> tubes. And I think that this one will too. And people are even pulling back off of Facebook. Did you know that kids right now, as far as Facebook goes, they're, they're saying, you know, we, we don't even want to get on there anymore because t- there's too many adults there. I mean, I, I saw that report the other day. So, you know, while Facebook is pulling back and they're losing money and Meta's losing money and Zuckerberg's losing money, um, Elon Musk doing just fine with Twitter. So anyway, they're yeah. putting the two up against each other. Um, my money is going to be on Twitter surviving and probably this Threads, mm-hmm. and that's a stupid name in my opinion, by the way. Um, anyway, Threads <laughs> will probably uh, go by the boards pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, any comment on any of that, Terry, before we move on? Because we got a lot of news to cover. No, let's do some news. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm, I am 100% for that. Uh, what we're going to do here is, uh, you know, we got uh, President Biden is going to be meeting with the uh, Swedish PM. Uh, I hope he can keep up with the conversation. But anyway, here, here is the, uh, here's the news item on that. U.S. President Joe Biden is welcoming the Swedish Prime Minister to the White House for discussions expected to revolve around the country's NATO membership bid. Stockholm's push to join the Western Military Alliance has been held up by two NATO members, Hungary and Turkey. Nick Harper reports from Washington. The White House says Joe Biden and Prime Minister Ulf Christensen will use the visit to strengthen the close ties between the United States and Sweden. We're told President Biden is also planning to reaffirm the US view that Sweden should join NATO as soon as possible. The two leaders will also discuss their shared commitment to support Ukraine. And Washington will be looking for more support from Stockholm over perceived Chinese aggression. I'm Nick Harper in Washington. Okay. Um, you know, they're, they're are continuing to talk about Sweden joining NATO. There are two votes against it. And the, the thing is this. In order for a country to join NATO, it must be a unanimous vote. And Turkey and Hungary right now oppose Swedish membership. So he's talking to the Swedish guy. He needs to be talking to the Turkish guy or to the uh, leader of Hungary. doesn't need to talk about Sweden. Sweden, they already want in, and everybody knows it. And Turkey's against it. Hungary's against it. And the only way that's going to change is if, if he does something about it. Okay, Terry, it is time for you, sir. I'm not going to waste any time. We're going to get right to you because we have got to go quick today. we got a lot to cover. And by the way, we will get into Ezekiel 38. I've got a, I've got a little thing here, Terry, I think kind of proves my point from last time. Mm-hmm. But we can we can talk about it for at least for a little bit, okay? So anyway, here here we go. Uh, Terry, you are up now for your two minutes, and they begin right about now. The last Christian charge engaging the sword, folks. Homeschooling works. Picking up with the expanding interest in wars of various brands, those visible as well as those spiritual or invisible to the naked eye, revealed only in the fulfillment of the Word of God. We first take stock of our personal position, each of us individually, per God's Word. Our program returns with each broadcast to the intended inclusion at some point and on occasion at length to focusing on that last person to accept Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior before the rapture. Joel strives to insert somewhere within each portion of the show the encouragement to anyone listening that does not themselves personally know Jesus as Lord and Savior, that time is running out to pray for his forgiveness. One can often see the conclusion of most football games, for example, minutes, sometimes longer, uh, before the final whistle. Certainly the most exciting are those that go down to the final moment, and even more so those that demand an overtime. But Joel's emphasis is rather on the fact that regardless of the score, when the final whistle blows, game's over. Time is also a ruling factor with other sports. The Apostle Paul used sports to make his points on the Christian life, such as boxing, when he noted, so fight I, not as one that beats the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself 
should be a castaway. Okay, and I've got to stop you right there, Terry. I've got to stop you right there, and we'll get into it in the uh, second half of the broadcast today. Uh, But we're going to keep things. We're going to keep things moving. I will say this. Just like there is a last play in every football game, there is that last individual to accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior before the uh, rapture of the church. Now, you can you can be saved afterward, okay? You can be saved after the rapture. You can do that, but you have to go through at least part of the tribulation period, and that's something that you do not want to have anything to do with. Simply say that prayer of salvation. Ask the Lord for the forgiveness of your sins. Let him know that you know Jesus Christ died on the cross for you, that he rose after three days in the tomb, that he has ascended to the Father, and he has promised to come back, grab his church, pull them to safety before God unleashes seven years of wrath on the earth. Okay, and if you'll do that, and you'll pray it in the name of Jesus Christ, you will be saved from what is yet to come and is coming quickly in my opinion okay uh moving right along here um terry we're going to go i I think i'm going to go ahead and introduce ezekiel and then we'll we'll come back to it we'll come back to it at some point and i'm trying to remember exactly which one it is i want to show here um let me see i believe it is ezekiel 38 14 through 17 isn't that what i said before the show or was it 18 through 20 uh I thought it was 18 through 20. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I'm going to go ahead and put this one up on the screen real real quick here. It's Ezekiel uh, okay. chapter 38, verses 18 through 20. And uh, Terry, if you'll read that, go ahead. And it will come to pass at the same time when God comes against the land of Israel, says the Lord God, that my fury will show in my face. For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath, I've spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great earthquake in the land of Israel, so that the fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens, the beasts of the field, all creeping things that creep on the earth, and all men who are on the face of the earth shall shake at my presence. The mountains shall be thrown down, the steep places shall fall, and every wall shall fall to the ground. Okay, now uh, here's the deal, Terry. Um, you know, we have a difference of opinion on this particular scripture. And b- before um, before I even get into this, I want to make this clear to everybody that's listening. And that is that both Terry and I read the Bible. We dig into scripture. We, we do our research. That doesn't mean that we, lock, we walk in lockstep with each other on what we glean from the scripture that we read. So you may see a difference of opinion on occasion, but this has absolutely nothing to do with his salvation. It has nothing to do with my salvation. It has nothing to do with anyone's salvation. This is simply our reading of Scripture. We're not trying to interpret it. We're simply reading the Scripture as we read it, with our particular understanding, and Terry and I even joked about this one time off air, of, of when everything is done, when everything is said and done, and we're up in heaven, and we're talking to each other, I can say, Terry, did you see how wrong you were about that? And he can say, you know what, do you remember when you were silly enough to say that? You, yeah, I mean, that you know, I was so right, and you were so, that, you know, I mean, now, Obviously, we're not going to have those kind of conversations in heaven, but it just gives you an idea that, you know, no matter, um, this is not a salvation thing, just simply because we have a difference of opinion on a certain scripture. And so uh, every jot and tittle, remember, Terry, every jot and tittle. Okay. Uh, So, um, all right. So I'm going to put this one back up here again and, and, I'm, I'm going to let you give your interpretation uh, or mm-hmm. your, your, your reading, not interpretation. I hate that word. Mm-hmm. And if, if I ever say interpretation mm-hmm. and you don't correct me, I hope everybody out there mm-hmm. understands that we're not trying to do our personal interpretation of the Bible. We're simply no. No, commenting right. on it and to what, mm-hmm. we, what we read, okay, what we personally mm-hmm. think, okay, but we're not mm-hmm. interpreting Scripture. Anyway. Uh, I'm going to put it back up here again, and Terry, uh, read any portion of that, and you know what the point of contention is, so go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to go right to it. Uh, I'm going to start in the the end of uh, verse 20, uh, uh, the line one, two, three, fourth line from the bottom, and all men who are on the face of the earth shall shake at my presence, at my presence. That 
tells us that he is going to be here, present, present and accounted for. And that's why I think that keys us as to when this happens. And go ahead, Joel. Okay, and you had referenced Revelation. And so what I did— Yeah, Revelation I, Revelation chapter 19. Go ahead. Okay, well, uh, I thought you—I I looked in 19. I didn't see— uh, I didn't see it there. Maybe you can uh, come up with it uh, during the break or whatever. But this is the yeah. one that I found was in uh, uh-huh. Re- Revelation chapter 20. Okay. Um, yeah. S- uh, set, uh, verses 7 through 10. Uh, the satanic okay, uh, re- uh, rebellion crushed. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And if, if you want to go ahead and read that one as well. Okay. Or I can. Yeah, it's uh, now when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, Mm -hmm. uh, to Mm -hmm. gather them together to battle, whose number is as the sand of the sea. They went up Mm -hmm. on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city, Mm -hmm. and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Okay, Mm -hmm. here is what what I was trying to get at, Terry. This is why I think there are Mm -hmm. two separate Gog and Magog wars. Okay, two separate ones mm-hmm. instead of, uh, I know that, that you believe that what we're talking about in Ezekiel 38 is the same thing as in Revelation, if, if I'm remembering correctly. No, no. Uh, and, 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 and listen, please, folks, understand that there can be one prophecy within a scripture. There can be many. And it's very easy, especially when you begin. I've been doing this footwork uh, for about almost a half a century. So, and Joel just recently, within a few years ago, came back to the Lord, but he has been galloping to catch yeah. up. And, and <laughs> yes, right sir. now, yes, right sir. now, right now, I'm trying to keep a, I'm trying to keep him in view. He's way ahead of me, and I'm trying to keep him view. And when I say that, I'm talking about his ability to have an outreach to this world. Okay, I want to. I don't want one whit of respect. To, to, to be taken away from who this man is and the chair in which he is sitting. But going back to the uh, reference to this thing, um, what I'm seeing, yes, I agree. There are going to be two gods. I believe okay. that. Uh, there's okay. going to be, because in, because in Revelation, in the last chapters, uh, oh, anywhere from 16 on uh, to 19 or, or and maybe even earlier, but we won't go into detail. Uh, the point being, there's a God reference there, I believe. That is my understanding, um, certainly. And there are good scholars who say that the God of 38 actually happens before the rapture. I'm not going to go into all of that. We don't have time for that. But I just want to say that he's right about it's going to, there's going to be some action during the trib. There may even be some action before the rapture, before the trib. That could happen. Um, it, these are the details all that people who are studying it and have got it laid out, they've all got these things. They all know their positions. Everybody's got his camp and where he's at. Um, and then, and then the Gog at the end, notice it says, when at the th- when the thousand years uh, in the beginning of that passage, when the thousand years are over, most people are like, "Well, wait a minute, what's this thousand year thing? Where'd that come from?" Yeah, okay, well, and, and we don't is- have time to get into the thousand year thing right now, Terry. Okay, we we don't. Okay, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I want to yeah. keep it specific yeah. to this particular scripture. Sure. Okay, so sure. uh, here's the deal. Th- this is what you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I listened to uh, to what you were talking about, and yeah. I, I've. Honestly, I felt like that you were saying that, you know, it was the same war. That was the way it came across in the last show. That's the reason I said that. Okay. Now, here's the deal. This is why I don't think it's the same. This is why I think it is a completely different one. And I can make it really, really clear and really specific here. Okay. Uh, Now, this is Ezekiel 38, 18 through 20. Okay. And it says in verse 18, and it came... and it will come to pass at 
the same time when Gog comes against the land of Israel, comes against the land of Israel, okay? Keep that one uh, squarely in, in your thoughts, okay? Now, now here, um, I want to then go quickly to Revelation, okay? And look at the difference. Now, look again, look at 18, when Gog comes against the land of Israel. Okay, now this is the Gog Magog War. They come from yep. all directions, north, south, east, and west, mm -hmm. right? Okay. Yep. So yep. now, yep. now we go to Revelation, uh, and this is chapter twenty, verses mm -hmm. seven through ten. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, Satan goes out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog together. Uh, to gather them together to battle, whose numbers ascended to see, they went up against the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp. Let's mm -hmm. get this carefully. Surrounded the mm -hmm. camp of the saints. Okay? Mm -hmm. Not the country of Israel, but Amen. instead they come up against the camp of the saints and the beloved mm -hmm. city which has mm -hmm. to be Jerusalem. Yes, yes. Okay? So, in my opinion, from mm -hmm. my reading of Scripture, that mm -hmm. would seem to indicate that you've got Gog Magog 1, which could mm -hmm. happen before the rapture, at the moment mm -hmm. of the rapture, or mm -hmm. after the rapture. It can happen at any, it could happen at any time. Uh, mm -hmm. And then the second Gog-Magog war happening at the mm -hmm. end of the thousand-year mm -hmm. reign of Christ on the earth. That's mm -hmm. what I was trying to get at. And uh, mm -hmm. hopefully uh, that's how I read it, Terry. And, you know, that was that was where yeah. I was going in the last show when we were having just, you know, yeah. and we only had like 30 seconds of debate on this, right? <laughs> So, and anyway, you got about 30 seconds to comment before the first half of the show is over, and then we can do more in the second. Yeah. I don't need 30 seconds. You, you nailed it. So, um, okay. That's right. absolutely right. Okay. And, and, you know, and I was, you know, and, I, and it, it wasn't a thing of trying to, you know, you know, gotcha. No, it, that that no, wasn't no. it. What no, I was no. doing is I wanted to research this for myself because when Terry re when Terry references something, I respect his opinion a lot. So what I do is I go in and I start to do my own, my own research. And most of the mm -hmm. time, 99 point infinity of the time, mm -hmm. his point comes across clear. In this particular case, I, I had a disagreement. At least I thought I did. It looks like we didn't have a disagreement after all. So mm -hmm. anyway, uh, real quick. If you're looking for a new uh, show to put on your radio station, just go to www.lastchristian.net, and we can get you going. It is easy to do that, and you can join the many stations. For everybody, we will be back right after the break with the second half of the Last Christian newscast and radio show. Have you ever wondered how life might have turned out if you made different choices? Like, what if you accepted that first job? There's a term to describe results of sensitive dependence on initial conditions. It's called the butterfly effect. Small changes in initial conditions could have a massive impact on the future conditions of a changing system. Pharaoh planned to kill newborn Hebrew boys in Egypt to curb their population growth. When Moses was born, he was spared certain death, and he went on to become a great leader of Israel. The butterfly effect? I think not. You see, God knows all there is to know about space and time. He knows your present, your past, and your future. God's plan for you is not an effect. It is an explicitly designed purpose just for you. He works out everything according to his purpose and the counsel of his will. God tracking is believing God when he says, I know the plans I have for you. I'm Dudley Anderson, more at surereality.net. They are our cuddlers and co-workers, purr machines and love bugs, and constant companions. They are our pets our family, and they make life so much better. When we face unexpected challenges in life, so do our pets. That's why we're on a mission to support people who love their pets and the pets who love their people, ensuring these families stay exactly where they belong, together. And you have something to offer. With an open heart and mind, there is nothing you can't do. There's no gesture too small or too big when it comes to helping. 
Whether donating a bag of kibble, sharing an Instagram post of a lost cat, or welcoming a foster pet into your home, every bit of kindness counts. You can help keep pets and people together. Visit petsandpeopletogether.org to learn how to be a helper in your community. This has been a public service announcement brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Just a really quick reminder that the last Christian newscast and radio show is proud to partner with a great educational program for youth based on solid Christian principles and values. Now, as a parent concerned about what your children are exposed to and learning in public schools, you will appreciate the opportunity to learn about Kirkwood's Christian online learning program that will keep your kids engaged and learning all without worrying about the type of curriculum being presented to them. It only takes a few minutes to set up the program, and your kids can begin working independently on any device, including desktop computers, laptops, tablets, iPads, even smartphones. Now, you can learn more about this program on the Last Christian website at www.lastchristian.net. That's www.lastchristian.net for all of the free information on Kirkwood's homeschool learning program for kids. And hey, get this, the whole program, well, it only costs you about a dollar a day. It doesn't get better than that. Visit us at www.lastchristian.net. That's www.lastchristian.net and receive your information all about Kirkwood's homeschooling learning program for kids. And welcome back to the second half of the Last Christian Newscast and Radio Show. Again, my name is J.D. Williams here in East Texas, and joining me there from the Dallas and Fort Worth area is my uh, co-host, my good friend, my brother in Christ, Mr. T.L. Terry Farley. Uh, Terry, we're going to get right back into things again. And, um, you know, uh, in the last show, I believe it was, we told people that uh, Janet Yellen was going to be traveling to China. She is, uh, uh, well, just listen to this. U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen arrives in China on Thursday for a four-day visit. This is her first trip to China and comes just weeks after that of U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken. The U.S. says it's keen to stabilize ties with Beijing. Andrew Wood reports from Hong Kong. Janet Yellen is going to be meeting senior officials in the Beijing government. She's also going to be meeting senior American business people who do business uh, in China. Um, they're on the whole, it seems, not a happy bunch at the moment because of the way that conditions and relations between America and China are deteriorating. At the beginning of this week, China said it would restrict exports of gallium and germanium. These are two rather unusual metals that are used in making semiconductor chips. The US Treasury has been quite pragmatic, or being quite pragmatic. They're not expecting to see a big breakthrough from Janet Yellen's visit, although they say that they would like to see healthier relations uh, with China. I bet they would. But the thing is, is that, um, you know, they said they're going to be meeting with senior officials. In other words, she's not meeting with the, with, with the big guy. OK, he's, he's got no time for uh, United States Treasury Secretary. Why in the heck we're sending the Treasury Secretary to China in the first place is beyond my ability to understand that she makes nothing. You know, there's no foreign policy decisions to be made by the Secretary of the Treasury. That's just a waste of taxpayers' money in paying for the uh, fuel. By the way, they actually use fossil fuel you know, to fly those planes over to China. <laughs> So anyway, um, it, it's, it's a waste of time and it's a waste of money, in my opinion. Do you, do you agree or disagree? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, you know, the thing, but, you know, look at the pattern. They've been sending, uh, what's his name over there? And, you know, they're sending all these second stringers. Um, and the reason is because if even if Biden went, we don't know if she would meet with Biden. He might not have time. Well, that's uh, true. You know. That's true. They're, they're, what they're doing, what China is doing is setting up the uh, world stage to, uh, to understand the, the audience of the world, to understand they're in control. And that's what this is all about. Um, it's yeah. absurd that they would even send her over there. But that shows you where, where we are. Yeah. Well, China's influence is growing. We've, we've addressed that on the show. 
China's influence yeah. is growing, and, and the United States' uh, influence is weakening, in my opinion. Um, and mm-hmm. that heads us toward that one world government that's spoken of in the Bible. And again, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's the encouragement that we give everybody. Pick up the Bible, and then uh, mm-hmm. watch your new, you know, you can watch MSNBC if you want to. You can watch CNN mm-hmm. if you want to. Compare what they're saying to the Bible. Okay, it's and and it's going to be glaring. If you'll do that, if you'll really read, you know, go to Ezekiel chapter 38. You know, that's where we're at right now. Go to Ezekiel 38, read Ezekiel 38, watch your news, even the most liberal, and try to put it together. It's not hard. Okay? That's the reason yeah. that, that we laugh when we see something happen. It's like, yeah, well, of course, we knew that. We knew that going in. I mean, you know, it's easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've said it many times. You know, if these news people would simply read the Bible, they'd know what's coming next. They wouldn't have to guess and make an idiot out of themselves. Okay? That's yeah, really, that's that's really the truth. Okay, here's one that's kind of disturbing. I want you to listen to this. This is a report out of Japan. Listen to this one. Japan could start releasing treated radioactive water from the Fukushima nuclear power plant into the ocean as soon as next month. It comes after Japan won the stamp of approval from the UN's nuclear watchdog. Rebecca Bundan reports from Tokyo. The International Atomic Energy Agency, following a two-year safety review, has said that Japan's plan to release treated and diluted water into the ocean complies with international safety standards and would have a negligible impact on the environment. Financial newspaper The Nikkei reports that this process from the Fukushima plant could begin as early as August. Local fishing unions, environmental activists and neighbouring countries including China have raised concerns. Official approval is still required from the national regulator. The Fukushima nuclear plant was destroyed in the 2011 earthquake and tsunami. Rebecca Bunds in Tokyo. How do they know that it's okay to release this nuclear <laughs> wastewater into the ocean? Yeah. You know, they they, they yeah. say that you know they they come up with some kind of. How do you know? How do you know? Mm-hmm what the result mm-hmm. is going to be. I, you know, China is objecting mm-hmm. to it. In this particular case, i got to agree with China. You know, if you got it and you yeah. got it contained, well, just keep it contained. Mm-hmm. Let's not take a chance. What's the point of mm-hmm. taking a chance doing something yeah. like that? Uh, Terry, you want to comment yeah. on that one? Yeah, well, it just shows you how scary things are getting. Uh, you know, Biden wants to block the sun. Uh, the fact that that would even get any kind of airspace or news reporting is is just insane uh but then you turn around on the other side of it and uh they're dumping uh, nuclear waste into the ocean and it's like good grief yeah you know, i don't do, I is don't there anybody it. awake at the wheel around yeah. here yeah, i don't you know, i don't know what they're doing i don't know what they're doing i don't think they know what they're doing but anyway okay um now if you remember um there was a mutiny uh by uh, the Wagner group supposedly marching toward Russia. There was a deal made by the uh, by the leader there in Belarus saying, you know, okay, well, you can send the, the leader over here. And everybody thought he went to Belarus, right? Well, it just turns out that he didn't. Listen to this one. Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko says Wagner mercenary chief Yevgeny Prigozhin is still in Russia. That's despite a deal he made with the Kremlin to move his forces out of the country following an attempted mutiny. The Kremlin says it isn't following Mr. Prigozhin's movements. Daria Bondarchuk reports from Moscow. President Lukashenko said neither Yevgeny Prigozhin nor the fighters of his Wagner private military company were in Belarus. He said he spoke to Prigozhin on Wednesday night and suggested the Wagner chief could be either in St. Petersburg or in Moscow. The Wagner fighters were stationed in permanent camps, he added, where they relocated to after withdrawing from the front lines in Ukraine. Lukashenko dismissed speculations Prigozhin could be killed following the failed mutiny in late June. Daria Bondarchuk, Moscow. Okay, uh, again, now this Prigozhin, he's a really good friend of Putin's. So uh, I'm not really sure what the mutiny was about in the first place. Well, I do know. It, it, he was actually trying to uh, go after some of the people that are the 
calling the shots in the actual war that's going on or, or action, military action that's going on in the Ukraine. He wasn't happy with them, but he's always uh, said that he was uh, in support of uh, President Putin. So I'm not really sure what's going on there. I do know that Putin could very, very easily say, you know, well, this guy needs to go. And if that happens, um, well, it's very possible he could go, you know. But again, uh, I don't know the ins and outs of Russian how, how the Russians call things or what or what Putin does. So um, not much that we can comment on there, except for the fact that the, the, the mutinous leader is still in Russia, and the Russians are saying that they're not keeping up with him, which I tend to disagree with. Okay, um, there is a NATO meeting coming up, and that is the next, uh, next point we'll go to, and then I'll let you comment on, on both of them, Terry. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks, looking ahead to next week's big summit meeting of NATO leaders taking place in Vilnius, the capital of Lithuania. One week ahead of the meeting, the alliance announced that Jen Stoltenberg's term as NATO Secretary-General is being extended by a further year, an indication of the need for alliance continuity in the midst of Russia's war on Ukraine. Ukraine will, of course, be the key point of discussion in Vilnius. Analyst Bob McMahon of America's Council on Foreign Relations says leaders will have to decide just how far to go in terms of offering Kiev a greater role within the alliance. We will see a very strong affirmation of support for Ukraine, for bringing Ukraine closer into consultative circles with NATO, discussing things like the commitment of NATO members to their own defense budgets, which will allow them to both support Ukraine as well as improve their own defense capabilities. You know, with all the aid provided for Ukraine, the NATO members are not producing enough arms certainly not enough arms that can be mutually used in various defense systems. I think there's going to be a lot of talk about how do they ramp up their armaments capabilities. And this is ammunition, this is sophisticated rocket launchers, and so forth. And so I think that will be really important to watch. Any moves to bring Kiev closer into the NATO fold will be watched and opposed by Moscow, which already says the alliance has expanded too near to Russia's borders. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks. One thing there that really stood out to me was the fact that they were saying that their their armaments, their weapons, their ammunition, all that stuff was not really capable now of, of doing their own defense work. That's because they've sent it all to the Ukraine in a war that the Ukraine can't win. And now they're saying, okay, what we're going to do now is we're going to continue to do that. We're going to continue to uh, prop up the Ukraine. We're trying to get them into NATO. And I guarantee you, Turkey's going to vote against it. Okay, because they're aligning themselves more and more with Russia, even though they're in NATO, they're, they're basically uh, NATO in name only. They're basically a spy for Russia, in my opinion, and that's how KRRB is reporting it. Me, as a member of the U.S. Press Association, I believe that Turkey is nothing more than a traitorous state operating within NATO. That is the... Uh, that's what I have been able to determine from my news reporting all over the world. And again, I do get reports from all news agencies from everywhere. everywhere. Uh, Terry, you want to go ahead and comment on either one of the stories that we've just covered? Yeah, I just want to emphasize the importance of the fact that that announcement was made by a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. The reason that that is significant is they have stayed in the background uh, up until this point, uh, but the various uh, leading agencies and groups around the world that are joining hands to create the one world government have been, as like I said, staying in the background. Now they're suddenly, did you notice the force and, and everything within that guy's announcement? Wow. He said, okay, we're putting you on the main stage, dude. Mm -hmm. You got mm -hmm. the part. And he comes on and, and you get this immaculate presentation. Uh, and boy, it makes the Council on Foreign Relations just a little bit more important, just a little bit more, you know, mm -hmm. hey, this, this is a new big player here. And it shows you the shifting and the, the continual work towards the one world government. Right. And the U.N., you know, is getting more powerful and more and more governments mm -hmm. are ceding more and more power to the U.N., including mm -hmm. the United States. Under our, the previous president, we were kind of pulling back from that. And Biden mm -hmm. is full speed ahead, you know, agreeing with it. Yeah. I, you know, I prefer even a bad president 
to be in mm -hmm. Washington as because that is at least it's an American citizen making calls for the United States of America. I don't need mm -hmm. some rotating UN head chief or an antichrist mm -hmm. to tell me what the United States ought to do from Europe. I don't need to do, you know, I don't need to be a part of that at all. Okay. Um, now then, this is a one-sided, uh, one-sided government or whatever you want to call it. Let's, sort of censorship, sort of uh, anti-rights. Uh, anyway, this is France. Let's listen to this one real quick. A French far-right figure behind a divisive and hugely successful crowdfunding campaign for the family of a police officer jailed in the killing of a 17-year-old that triggered riots around France announced that he's closing the account, which topped more than 1.5 million euros. Criticism and plans for lawsuits have mounted around Jean Messier's GoFundMe effort with claims that his real motive was to spread a message of hate and pit the far right against residents of poor suburbs with a high rate of people of immigrant origin. Even Prime Minister Elizabeth Bourne has said the collection for the jailed office's family did not contribute to calming the situation. Harry Michaels reporting. It wasn't designed to calm the situation. It was designed mm -hmm. to give the man some kind of of defense to give him money to defend himself you know i don't know what i don't know what the deal was you know he shot a kid okay that's what we know for a fact okay what we don't know factually is what happened what you know what what was the reason the guy shot him in the first place we don't know that and there's people out there that are rioting and they've been rioting for days and days now okay so this guy needed to have legal representation so they put up a GoFundMe account, and there was enough people in France that believed him that they put in mm -hmm. over 1 million euros, okay, mm -hmm. to help him out. And now somebody got offended because he's got a defense, okay, and then now they're going to end mm -hmm. it? Okay, I'm sorry. That is a one-sided mm -hmm. way of looking thing. If it was the other way around, believe me, they wouldn't be taking it down. They'd be encouraging it and encouraging it. Terry, any comment? Yeah, this is a sticky wicket here because uh, if I'm not mistaken, and please correct me if I if I miss this point, but I believe the young man was Muslim. Don't know. I, and I, I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he was a Muslim, if he's a Christian, if he's a Hindu, if he's Buddhist. It don't okay. matter. Take religion okay. out of it. It is that the guy was shot. Okay. This kid was shot. Okay, mm -hmm. and they and they took the 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 police officer. And they've thrown, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's in jail now, and all yeah. he wants is to yeah. fund his defense. He doesn't have the money for that. Yeah. Lawyers cost yeah. money, yeah. and so he, they put up yeah. a GoFundMe account. He's been funded. Now they say, okay, well, you offended somebody, so we know, Jan, we got to end the GoFundMe account. Really? I mean, this has got nothing to do with religion. This has yeah. got to do with a guy yeah. trying to defend himself against criminal charges. Well, <laughs> I don't want to start a religious war here. <laughs> But uh, the reports that I have seen all point to the fact that the major portion of people that are rioting are Muslims. Maybe. And uh, yeah. And uh, I've never seen a Muslim uh, riot for anybody other than another Muslim. I have. I have. And I've seen it here in the United States. And that is when, when, when um, for instance, there were. Uh, some areas within the United States of America where school yeah. issues were coming up. Stuff was being printed in books, and there was yeah, Muslims going that. in front of that. in front yeah. of uh, yeah. uh, those city councils. So, you know, again, yeah. this is not. I, no, I don't want to make this religious. It's not religious. No. This is a guy no. trying to defend himself. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm all for the policemen being uh, getting defended. So yeah, that's what I'm for. Yeah, that's what I'm well, for. Okay, I'm all for uh, that. But there's a deeper thing going on here. Anyway, go ahead. Okay, yeah. Well, that's all the time that we got to spend on your deeper thing right now. What we got to do now is we, is we got to move on. And what I'm going to do at yeah. this point is give you your two minutes. And I hope you're ready okay. because I'm going to put you up on screen like right this moment. Okay. Uh, the Apostle Paul used sports to make his points on the Christian life, such as boxing, when he noted, so fight I, not as one that beats the air. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. In a boxing match, there's also a final bell. Matches used to go 15 rounds. 
Uh, in fact, boxing began with no time limit at all. The time limit has continued to decrease due to injuries, even death, decreasing time and rounds. Today, championship uh, boxing matches go 12 rounds only, uh, down from 15. Boxing matches went from 15 to 12 rounds in 1982. Now all title fights go 12 three-minute rounds. 15-round title fights ended due to the death of South Korean boxer Kim Dekoo in the 14th round of the World Boxing Association title fight against Ray Mancini in 1982. The following year, beginning January 1st, 1983, Dooku's death prompted the World Boxing Council to limit their championship fights to a maximum of 12 rounds, a move followed in 1987 by the WBA and the International Boxing Federation. Non-title fights are still held to 10 rounds. Life changes, folks. Time marches on. If you don't believe in Jesus, you're in for a big surprise. When the bell rings, the final bell, are you going to be on the canvas? Maranatha, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Amen. Amen. And I, I remember all that I remember all that stuff. Um because yeah. um, you know, I was am a boxing fan and I've actually watched that yeah. that particular match. Okay, um Terry, uh, now we're gonna get into really serious stuff here, and this is of course Israel. And anytime that you're dealing with Israel, you are I- dealing with what God cares about most, as far as the country he cares about Amen. most and the people Amen. he cares about most. So I want you to listen Amen. to this one really, really quick. Palestinians are tentatively returning to the refugee camp in Jenin after Israeli forces wrapped up a military operation there. Israel says it arrested around 150 militants and destroyed weapons it found at the camp. Overnight, there were more attacks between Israeli forces and Palestinian militants. Mia Alberti reports from Beirut. We heard that from the Israeli Defense Forces that it had detected and intercepted five rockets coming from Gaza. And this is a direct retaliation of the Janine operation. We heard from Hamas saying that the days where Israeli forces can attack Palestinians without retaliation are over. This is something that it was expected to happen. And then in response, uh, well, these five rockets uh, sent to Israel were intercepted. There were no injuries, no casualties, no uh, significant damage done. And then in response, Israeli forces also struck Gaza overnight. We don't have reports of any damages of casualties as well. Okay, so in that report even though they didn't want to, they made it clear that Israel went in there to take care of the fact that they were attacked. So they put together an operation to get rid of the terrorist cell that did that. And then Hamas responded with a yet another terrorist attack, shooting five rockets. They just shoot them willy-nilly, okay? They're not, they're not aimed at anything. Mm-hmm. They just shoot them up and hope it hits, okay? That's the way that mm-hmm. works. Okay, now, mm-hmm. um, now the secretary uh, of the PLO, the Palestinian Liberation Organization, and uh, this is a boss, okay? He's invited Hamas and uh, the Islamic Jihad to meet with him, and they have declined to do so. Now, I'm not reading anything into that yet because I need to do more Mm -hmm. research in it, but that's Mm -hmm. being reported today, so I'm going to keep up with that, and if I see something uh, that needs to be reported about that, I will let you know. However, Mm -hmm. what again, in that report that you just heard, they made it clear that the Palestinians were shooting missiles at Israel, right? They said five, Mm -hmm. actually, okay? So now listen to this report. Listen to this one very, very carefully. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks. Today, some perspective on the latest violence in the Middle East. Thousands of people have attended the funerals of 12 Palestinians killed during an Israeli military operation against a refugee camp in Janine. While in Israel itself, an investigation continues into an attack on a shopping district of Tel Aviv by a car that rammed pedestrians injuring eight. 
Today, is it even possible to talk about a peace process given that no efforts are being made to advance one? Emily Hilton is UK Director of Diaspora Alliance, an international organisation aimed at combating anti-Semitism and its politicisation. What is happening on the ground in Palestine and Israel is basically a situation where there is no motivation for Israel to end its occupation. The reality on the ground has shifted so much that we now have a situation where settlements are basically permanent structures. Whilst there is obviously a sort of a dramatic shift to the right with this government, you've seen sort of the reality of occupation has been in place for over 56 years. I would hope that people would see the real need and urgency of not allowing sort of even further drift in sort of far right extremism, which has sort of taken hold of the Israeli government. So far, we're yet to see any of that accountability really be put into action. She points to new legislative moves in the UK to stop public bodies from boycotting foreign countries as one example of evaporating accountability for the Israeli government's actions. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks. Okay, that is probably one of the most warped reports that I have ever played on, uh, on this program. She called it an occupation. In 1948, Mm -hmm. Israel became a country by a vote of the United Nations and by the Security Council on the United Nations, Mm -hmm. okay? There were a couple of countries that abstained when they voted, notably Russia. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. in order for something to pass the UN Security Council, it must be unanimous or there must be abstentions, okay? It was passed Mm -hmm. unanimously, uh, and and Israel became a nation in 1948, Mm -hmm. and they were immediately attacked, Immediately, same day, they were attacked. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Now then, they had one plane. It was a crop duster. They threw bombs off the side of the crop duster. That was their air force. This was a Mm -hmm. country that was coming fresh off of the Holocaust. Remember, World War II ended in 1945. This happened in 1948. Okay, so these people Mm -hmm. aren't, they're not really able to do anything for themselves yet, but they won. They won because God had them win. Now, the, amen, the, the, amen. Um, these countries that attacked them, they didn't take that to heart. They, so they tried it again and again. And every time they tried it, Israel won. And every time Israel tried it, they won more territory. That is actually acquiring land because a country attacked you. They are not occupiers. They are victors. Mm-hmm. To the victor mm-hmm. goes the spoil. Okay, and the spoil is that land. Had they accepted a deal even before 1948, there would be a Palestine. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. they didn't want that because they didn't want there to be an Israel. And they are committed Mm -hmm. to killing Israel. Neither of that's going to happen. Israel will never be destroyed. God says so in the Bible. Pick it up, read it if you don't believe me. Okay, there will be a there will be a Gog Magog war and they will come against Israel. Russia will be leading them and God will destroy them in the mountains of Israel. Don't believe me? Pick up the Bible and read Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39. Mm -hmm. Terry, you got one minute. Go. The Israelis need to understand if they'll turn to God, if they'll receive Jesus as their Savior, this will stop. They're not going to listen to me, and they're going to go Mm -hmm. forward. They're going to end up in the tribulation, seven years of hell on earth. And right near the end, when Jerusalem is being invaded by the enemy, uh, Israel is thinking it's going to be destroyed. Jesus is going to appear in the sky, uh, we'll be with him, and he will destroy at that time all of Israel's enemies. Amen. Amen. So, uh, again, I always like to do this anytime we're talking about when Jesus comes back. I always want to make it very clear that these are two separate events we're talking about. And yes. by, by that, I mean the rapture of the church. Jesus doesn't come all the way back. Comes like I, have, have, I call it like a halfway return. Okay? Comes back, <laughs> gathers his church, gathers us, okay? Living and dead, gathers us, all Christians who believe in him. And by the way, Jesus said he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes Amen. to the Father except through him. Okay? So he's Amen. going to gather us and take us away out of the problem. Okay? That's the rapture. That's not the second Mm -hmm. coming. The second coming comes after seven years of tribulation on this earth, and Jesus Christ returns to end that, okay? He Mm -hmm. returns to end that and establish his throne on earth for the next 1,000 years. And that's something that we will get into in future editions of this show. I just want to make it very, very clear before we close that all you've got to do for your salvation, the way that you know for sure 
And I know people don't think that they can know for sure, but the way that you can know for sure that you're saved is simply to pray that prayer of salvation and ask God for His forgiveness. Tell Him that you know that Jesus Christ died for you on the cross, that He did rise from the grave after three days, just like He said He would, that He was seen by more than 500 people at the same time, that He ascended to heaven, and He is coming back for His church at that moment called the rapture. Everything is in place. Everything that prophecy says must happen before he comes back for his church has been fulfilled. There are still unfulfilled prophecies. Some we may see, others I'm glad we won't. Anyway, if if we are granted another day to broadcast, we'll be back next time with another edition of the Last Christian Newscast and Radio Show. God bless. Thanks again for joining us today for The Last Christian Radio Show. And be sure to tune in every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday right here and at www.lastchristian.net. Until the trumpet sounds.